0: Welcome to episode 57 of More, a podcast designed to inspire, encourage and support women to make changes both big and small in their lives. And this week we're talking to an amazing eco-influencer. I'm Jo Merrick. I am a mum of two teenagers. I live just outside London in the UK and I'm a co-founder of Treasure and Light, an eco gift store online. And I also support people up-leveling their health with DoTerra Essential Oils.
1: And my name is Serena Novelli. I am a body confidence and sexual empowerment coach, also based in Surrey
0: and a busy mummy of five. So today, as you can see, we've got a guest. We're super excited. And yes, Jill Perkins is an eco-influencer. She's also a mum of twins. Um, But a lot of people might know her as... Our She's of Jamjarjill on Instagram and dot com. She's got her own site, and we're really, really excited to be talking to her today. Um, we've touched on this subject before. Serena and I have done a previous episode where we talked about our battles in our home to try and um make changes for the better, but also with our other halves and our children, and you know, generally make some difference in the world. But um, we're not experts. And we'd like to think Jill is. So Jill, would you like to um, just give us a very brief introduction to who you are? Yeah, I mean, to
2: be honest, becoming an eco-influencer is something which has kind of happened organically for me. Um, It wasn't where I started my blogging journey. um, But I just love it and it's come about really naturally. I think, you know, I was always brought up, my mum was very much into um just trying to get us to have an appreciation of nature and that sort of thing um you know she was a primary school teacher we always embrace things like secondhand and recycling and anti-food waste and stuff it wasn't really labeled as being an eco-influencer or anything at the time
0: well, um, when we talk, what era are we talking when would that have
2: been uh, i was born in 1983 so um um, Yeah, those labels didn't
0: really exist, did
2: they? No, no, they didn't, they didn't. But I always remember her just, you know, wanting to do it for her, really. And so it was, I guess it just made it normal to me. And it was only when I kind of became an adult that I realised, you know, it wasn't necessarily normal to everyone else. Um, And I think that's, like, interesting because it's kind of half the battle with kids. And that's what I try and do with mine. I mean, mine are only four and a half. Um but you know it's just normal that they will ask me what bin something goes in. You know, You're they sure. just they won't just go and put it in in the main ways. So I have I'm a bit of a geek with the label maker ever since I got one, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so I'd like actually labelled all the bins as well. But I don't know, I know. The first
0: vision of a label on a child's forehead. You're like yeah, I know. oh sorry, <laughs> darling. Yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> It can get can out Can you um put it into context? So you've jumped from like I get that your early um influence was your mum, but then as yeah. an adult, w- what was your background professionally? And then how did you actually become Jam Jar Jill? That's what okay, I want to know. So, um yeah, so basically I um have a media
2: degree, I did media production BTech. I did want to be a TV presenter at one point. So it will be interesting if I do make it on YouTube. Um, um, The the game changer for me was this um, film I watched um, called Julia and Julie. Have you ever heard of that? No. Um, So basically it was all about um, Julia Childs if you've heard of her. Yeah. Um, So she's a woman who brought French cooking to America. And basically this film, I highly recommend everyone to watch it. Um, but it was like a split timeline. So it followed her in the 1950s going to Paris following her husband who worked for the government. I've and seen then- it.
0: I've seen it on a plane. I remember now. Yeah and then it had a woman in
2: um like 2001 or something who um was working in the call center post twin towers um and so she had like a really depressing government job as well and she decided to on the side it was right in the infancy of blogging um to do a blog which um she took herself I think it was a year to cook her way through the art of French Cooking which was Julia Child's book and blog about it and um, at the time I was like oh my god I've, I've always wanted to find a platform to find my own voice on yeah. and that was kind of the start of my blogging journey as I just kind of took it from there and I started. That's amazing, well. I would not have thought that would be the answer to my question <laughs> and where <Yeah>. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so and then I started, um, so I started with a recipe blog and then when we bought a house, I then did another blog on doing up the house Um, and then I was speaking to a friend in PR and saying, you know, I really do want to make this into a proper side hustle and things and she said, well, if you want that, then you're going to have to get some regularity to your content and so what she suggested is I amalgamated the two blogs because I was really struggling to keep up with them both. Um, And that sort of came about. And then I was looking for a name for it. Um, And at that point in time, I was um, working at um, the British Standards Institute actually. And, um, but I had a bunch of friends and um, one of the things was they didn't provide tea bags. So I used to bring in my tea bags and my sugar and stuff all in jam jars. And so I got the nickname Jam Jar Jill. (laughs) And my friend Kendra, she used to always like write in birthday cards and stuff like my darling Jar Jill. And so then when I needed a name, I was like, actually, oh, that's kind of cute. And yeah. it could be like adapted. And like now I've got my VA business. So I, I call it JJGVA Services. So it's it's like it has the potential to be expanded, you know, into different realms other yeah. than when I need it to. But then, so that was kind of an entity in itself and it was developing organically. You know, sometimes I was blogging. I would categorize it as a lifestyle blog, really. Yeah. Um, and then, but I guess I always naturally had an eco twist to it because that was part of my personality. And then um, I kind of got to lockdown and, you know, I'd heard people talking about find a niche, find a niche, mm. and I never really knew how to and stuff. And I can't even tell you what specific catalyst it was, which kind of drew me in. I think it was that I was looking into like networking opportunities on Instagram and stuff like that. And I'd recently heard about this concept of meetups, as opposed to like the whole looping concept, which obviously can be really quite a negative experience. Um, And I just sort of started looking up, well, you know, I love everything eco. So... I don't see if there's an eco meetup and I think um I found a couple and then I started connecting with more and more and more people right. and then I was like oh my gosh I found my people like because they were just all very a community right yeah like-minded people and um I think honestly it just developed organically from there and I think over lockdown it's kind of a bit of a juxtaposition because we weren't able to see people physically. Nice. But I think actually the online communities became incredibly supportive spaces. And, um, you know... It's
0: Serena knows really this. She, she did exactly that, didn't you, Serena?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. absolutely. Do you think that's like part of your, your why, your motivation of how you've like evolved as such? Um, like going into lockdown and then having that online community and being able to meet and when you can mix with people that have um, the same kind of I you know they they want to do the same thing as you they have the same values as you it just seems to flow so much more naturally doesn't it? It does 100% and I think
2: I got more and more into that space you know I've been into yoga for a long time I've done it since I was 15 and I've very much always been part of the yoga community locally and know all the different yoga teachers and so I've seen them be freelance and I've always I don't know I just never really knew whether I could do it or how I could do it but I was trying to build up the blogging brand and the eco-influencer business and I was kind of making little bits and bobs of money here and there and then um I kind of um again over lockdown, sorry, my cat's just come in. Um just um yeah, I just got to a place where I didn't really feel like the office job which I had was really working with my life and with the kids and everything anymore. And um and then you know, I was listening to a lot of actually podcasts because podcasts, again, is something which have just absolutely boomed, haven't they, during this time? Because I think... That's right. like that the sort of speak media has become just people love that interaction and that connection and listening to conversations and everything Definitely. so I've been listening to a lot of entrepreneurs and stuff so I'd heard about the concept of VA and then I kind of knew I have like a couple of different whatsapp groups of people I've met on instagram like yeah. the twin mummies instagram group and stuff like that um, And a couple of them were talking about, oh, you know, I might start as a VA and then I knew another friend who started as a VA. And I just kind of thought, well, actually, maybe this is the missing puzzle piece um, for me because I needed some sort of regularity of income so I could actually drop the day job um, and and do something with my brand, which connected in with it. And I launched um, in January and um, then um, sort of went fully freelance as of May. So it's still quite early days. Yeah, but but fantastic. Oh my God, it's already the best decision I've ever made in my life. It's just amazing because um, it just means that you're so close to source and you're just kind of connecting with people who have interests which you're interested in and you're getting the creative aspects and I think as well, you know, a lot of mums, um, a lot of people after having kids, but unfortunately, it's especially mums in our society, you know, do get a raw deal when we go back to work, you know, and this is a lot of stuff which I've been hearing about recently. I've really got into the Mary Porter's podcast. So right, I don't know yeah. if you that yes, and work like a woman and all that, but, um, it's just like this whole work like a human thing. She said she would have called the book work like a human, but it probably wouldn't have sold so well. But that's the kind of point that she's getting at. Absolutely. Is like, why are we in 2021 getting encouraged to pretend we don't have kids at interview and, you know, throughout the working experience and and like, and we don't have other challenges and things like I've sure. had insomnia and anxiety on and off since having the children. And, you know, it's just seen as almost like a pain in the backside, unfortunately. And it wasn't unique to my workplace by any means. And they didn't, you know,
0: it's just a cultural thing within, like, the office environment, I think. It is, 100%. And, You're right. I mean, and this, I know is something Serena's really passionate about. She's um, been working for Anne's summer for so many years. And it's really important yeah. to you, isn't it, Serena, To to offer that opportunity to mums especially to have yeah, that true. independence that they can work on their own hours to figure yeah. around everybody and that's exactly one of the things that you're well, what I do as well with Dutera is it is offering somebody freedom really
2: yeah because I think unfortunately it's the case that I mean maybe some of this was in my own head But I think a lot of it is in the society that we live in, unfortunately, that it's almost like, well, you're so lucky to be able to work part-time. But you've got a really excellent deal already. So now you want something extra on top of that. Well, why on earth do you want that? You know, or why do you want some extra flexibility or, um, you know, whatever, because it's just um, where it's, It's just your own life. It's your own life when you're freelance. And it's such a wonderful, freeing thing um, that, you know, knowing that if I have a bad night's sleep, then that's my problem to kind of sort out. And I can have a day of rest because my body needs it. And then, you know, I can work the
0: evenings or whatever. And it's that kind of whole flexible piece. And I do exactly the same. It's really important to me to get vitamin D and be in the sun. And if it's a really sunny day, if I choose to get up an hour or two earlier and work the whole night, evening because then I can spend time outside in the day and that's really important to me when I can do that really 100%, 100%. 100 another person who I follow
2: who I absolutely love is mother pucker um do you know her she's, no no oh my gosh you have to follow her she's amazing oh, yeah. so um she's <laughs> Anna, name. that's her screen name obviously mother pucker <laughs> <laughs> Anna, uh, I can't remember her surname now I'll have to send it to you after. Yeah,
0: please do it um, in the comments.
2: So yeah. She's actually she actually is also a radio presenter on Heart Radio now. But oh. she she's written several books. One is called Parenting the Shit Out of Life. Love it. And one's called um something like Where the Hell Is My Happy yeah. Ending. Um, which she wrote with her husband and it's all about the con- like the um, concept of marriage and what our perception of what it should be versus what it actually is and everything but fascinating but she just fights tooth and nail for flexible working and she does something called the flex appeal and she's actually like been in government with it and like really pushing it through and her books are like brilliant because they're interesting and they're really talking about the nitty-gritty of the reality of being a parent absolutely The stuff Um, they don't tell you, right? (laughs) Absolutely. But also, like, the answers to the questions as well. Like, I think it's in Parenting the Shit Out of Life. They go through and they give you, like, all the answers you should give to a HR representative, like, when they say things to you. Right. Um, But unfortunately, at the moment... A lot of businesses, and I hope lockdown, I hope the pandemic is gonna make people think a bit more. I know. fingers and I'm toes crossed. I know but you I do
0: fear, I... don't you? You fear that this will soon become a distant memory and everybody will sit back so. I, I know I'm in dread. Yeah. Tell me, Jill, um, do you um feel you've been well received by people? Like the changes that you've made and how you presented that on Instagram and publicly. Yes. Do you did you have any resistance from anybody? Um I don't think so,
2: touch wood, um, because I think I always try and be a very positive person, that's always how I try to project myself, Definitely. Um, and I'm always trying to be very open, and I'm always interested to talk to people about their, other, their opinions and stuff, and, um, you know, I would always describe myself as, you know, whilst being green, I'm realistic green, you know and i think that's the wonderful thing about you know to coin a phrase green turning mainstream is in yeah. order for it to happen we need to accept that people's lives are busy people have budgets reality is you know we're not going to see those massive massive changes until legislation changes and you know corporate supply chains change but we can make small changes in our own lives and we should be celebrating those. And that's kind of what my account is, I hope, trying to get across. It's like, you know, thank you for being a conscious consumer. Thank you for thinking. That's the first thing that I want you to do is just not be mindless about what you're consuming. Um, And I think, you know, we can make a lot of change by just being those people and slowing things down a bit and, thinking about those things um and that's what I aim to do so I think you know the whole piece around not being you know a warrior even though sometimes I use the hashtag you know war on waste or whatever but (laughs) I'm not I'm not really that kind of aggressive approach to things and I think I I try and like live and let live.
0: I think that's just the way I
2: am, really. And so. that makes
0: you relatable. Like you say, more, you're going to probably reach more people in that way. I know with the um, essential oils, when I do a class, you know, I know plenty of people who do what I do, who have cut out lots of things, lots of alcohol, etc., etc no judgment whatsoever but I'm not that person when I say to them I still like a glass of Prosecco and a bag of chips sometimes with some audiences you feel that that they connect with you because you're like them you know they're like oh she's a bit like me really yeah absolutely
2: and I think that's so true I think if you can be real and I think that's the kind of parent I am as well you know I'm not one of these parents who sorry my tripod kids (laughs) say that's all
0: right
2: um but um I think, you know, I'm a realistic parent, and um, can I swear? Yeah, I do, a lot.
0: Okay. <laughs> <can listen> <laughs> Rena really always holds back, but I don't.
2: But just like, I guess I'm kind of the person who goes, yeah, it's fucking hard, but, you know, we're doing right. our best at all, and I'm right. that kind of person, and I'd rather be that kind of mom. you know, maybe not say that word in front of the kids. <laughs> but, you say, know, okay, rather than there going oh isn't it just a dream isn't it just (laughs) you know I wonder who those
0: people
2: are yeah I just think if you can be real then it relates to other people and I think you know that's a whole thing on the um on the wellness piece as well you know I openly say I have my struggles with anxiety and I love that people are talking about mental health so much more absolutely uh, you know I had a friend around for a cup of tea this morning after the school run and I was just saying you know because when you're open about your own mental health then people are then open about their mental health and that really then weird. keeps the conversation going and you know it's not about jumping on bandwagons or being overly dramatic or all that sort of thing it's, it's, being, about real. it's
0: being authentic Yeah. Serena and I, that's partly why we do what we do. And we are quite, we are very open and honest, you know, and um, talk about the things that go wrong and our fears and our anxieties and our history of mental health and, don't we, we talked about, we, about, yeah, about we talked about vaginas the other day didn't we we did orgasm <laughs> that. that's coming out the
1: scene right. of, orgasm,
2: yeah.
1: that, no. <laughs> yeah. absolutely so being 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 a, a sex coach um that's one of my yeah. favorite topics obviously um going back to your topic for those that are listening in how can they be a little bit more conscious? What couple of um, maybe simple changes could they start to make now that is going to help to implement and make a difference in the future?
2: I honestly think, like I, like I was saying before, um, the absolute first step is to think. Think where things go. Think what happens to the end of life of that product, but also think how that's made in the first place and and that thread can go all the way through because if yeah. you pick up like an item of clothing and you look at like without you know we're busy people you can like take it to the next level but um it, it's it's just thinking about it and being aware of stuff and like okay like the other day give you an example that's easy to explain things um our um base sheet on our bed the you know with the stretchy corners Mm. the stretchy corner went and I was like okay I need some new base sheets and so I looked up and I was just like do you know what I am going to invest in organic cotton ones because I've learned over the last couple of years the difference between producing organic cotton versus
0: um
2: you know other um, standard cotton and how much Extra water, extra chemicals, all these things, which so it, it was like a conscious decision. I was like, right, we need
0: a new one of those, but right? But as okay. a result of you actually taking enough interest to have looked at something, to have read something yeah. previously. So you're saying <laughs> that there was a catalyst for that choice that you made, and it was self-informing. You you may had made yeah. the to find out more. But I think by joining like these community
2: groups and everything it, it does just like it just comes to the forefront of your brain then and I think this is why yeah. it's so important for platforms like this where we're having these conversations because someone will listen to this and go oh I had not I didn't know about cotton you know yes, I didn't know yes. about cotton until someone mentioned it to no, me exactly you know I was just of the opinion well cotton is natural so that must be better you know but then you know, you live and you learn. And I'm a great believer, you know, I love Maya Angelou quotes. I was talking about this earlier as well. And I just, there's um one of her most famous quotes is, Once you know better, do better. And that, I think, is it, that Maya Angelou? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And I just think that's a really you know, powerful quote, isn't it? Yeah. And I just think that's it because it's just like, it's not beating up your former self. It's accepting you have a busy life and you have things, but it's just taking into consideration every time you buy, how can I make this decision, uh, you know, more planet friendly? Is it a case that, you know, I consider secondhand? Is it a case that I consider where the fabrics are from? Is it that I think about how it's made? You know, you can't necessarily tick all the boxes um, because the problem is, unfortunately, because it's all commercial, which is, is good in the sense that people are starting to think about it and it has to go through that system first. But they're using each individual one of these categories as a marketing yeah. strategy, aren't they? So, Absolutely. So, so then you can get trapped in the, oh, well, do I buy fair trade or do I buy organic or do I buy secondhand or do I, sure. you know? And fact of the matter is, unless you're a millionaire, you probably can't do it all. But it's actually... That's why I say to you, it, it, if you can be conscious that yeah. I'm trying to do one of those things, I'm trying to maybe not consciously buy from these fast fashion chains yeah. who are just trying stuff out for £2 new. Like, how the hell has a
0: T-shirt ended up on a rack for £2 new? Oh. You know, it's Anything. just like, actually take that into consideration. right what you say, no, or, or for somebody that might not be an option at the moment because the budget's yeah. so tight, but maybe they can... Re- refill their um cleaning products instead yeah. at this stage you know I said to somebody the other day because I've, I'm in a situation in my divorce where money isn't the same way it used to be and I said to somebody the thing that I'm looking forward to when I do have more money again is that it will give me choice it yes. will enable me to meet, make more choices that will suit my ethos yeah that sometimes I can't do. But if I can't do them in one area, I can do them in another area. And that's what I think it's
2: about knowing your limitations and not beating yourself up and knowing, you know, what you can do, what you can't do. I mean, for example, having the boys, you know, I had twins, there was no way me mentally could deal with cloth nappies I wasn't I just it wasn't a choice for me you know I know some I tried that, that and oh my gosh it's messy it's the messiest yeah, I did, thing ever <laughs> I did cloth wipes for a year that was fine but then purely for budget reasons for the first few years we did use Aldi nappies and I knew at that point how bad plastic nappies are versus the biodegradable ones and it is genuinely shocking I don't know yeah. if you've heard these statistics it is. The statistics so your average of like some sort Pampers of kind of style nappy yes. takes 500 years to rot down versus mm-hmm. your natty or whatever biodegradable is five years so that's literally the difference you're talking about. It's yeah. genuinely shocking. But I had to come to terms with that. You know, I didn't have the budget to buy no, Natty zappies throughout. But then when I got to the point, as we still are now, where the boys wear pull-ups at night, I thought, well, I now have a choice. Yeah. This is the point where I have the choice. So I have now chosen to go buy degradable wipes, bags and pull-ups.
0: Sure. Um, because we're now using one a night rather than six a day big difference um, right yeah. Jill now this is great I'm glad you mentioned the twins and being a mum yeah. of twins because the yeah. personal thought of that I may have actually run off and left my children <laughs> self-care we've done a, an episode about it before I always like to ask our guests I'd love to know how you implemented this during those early years what yeah. is it to you in self-care we're going a bit off to- your topic now but I think it's no pretty- it's fine Um, Well, no, because I actually, what I
2: love about being an eco-influencer is it's very much falls in with the whole holistic health. And as I say, you know, I've been a yogi for many years and everything. Um, So I love that sort of side of things. And um, I also, I had my own battles with insomnia. I went on medication, came, managed to get off it over lockdown and go down the holistic route. And it taught me a lot about things. Um, But... Um, I also um, was um, quite avidly following a lady called Rachel Hollis. Um, I don't know if you've heard of her, but she um, she's an American woman who, she right. wrote a book famously called Girl, Wash Your Face. And oh, yes. it's all about, like, empowering women and stuff like that. But she also ran a um, really great challenge right at the beginning of lockdown when everything went in called, like, the 30-day challenge where you were, like, working through, like, different self-care principles. Okay. Um, and I've always been very much into self-help, self-care, self-help, like, that side of things anyway. Um, but the reason why I raised her is she actually, there was this one particular thing she did which really resonated with me, which was she um, tasked everyone with writing a joy list.
0: Okay. And you had to
2: write a joy list of, okay. like, um, 10 to 20 things. And then she actively said, and now you need to schedule it into your day. And it just needs to be things, you know, things which you can realistically get right now. So having a quiet cup of tea, maybe doing a 10-minute yoga video, maybe oh. reading a chapter of your book, having a bubble bath, blah, 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 blah. And she says we all have crazy busy lives. Yes. But if you, that's why it's even more important that you schedule this into your day as part of your day and you make you know there's a book which she goes on about which I've heard of lots of times called The Power of Habit have you heard of that yeah I can't remember who it's by but um the concept rings true that when you get into good habits you see the difference it makes to your life and it's so important now case in point you know throughout the month of June and I didn't even realize I was doing it because I was just so busy I fell off the self-care train and by the end of June I was really, really struggling with my anxiety and I couldn't quite pinpoint yeah. why yeah. I was getting that. And now I've made that conscious decision again to go, right, I'm going to start doing my gratitude journal every night again. Right. I've done the same. You
0: fall off and you reap the consequences really quite quickly. Yeah. And, and you have to make the effort to get yeah. that time. And it can just be, like you say, a few minutes. Yeah makes the world of difference but it's
2: also it's being kind to yourself with these things you know equally so with you know because i did a couple of cbt um cbt courses yeah um with the insomnia and you know then the thing which they tell you to do is get on an absolute rigid routine with your sleep and you have to go to sleep at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every morning and to be honest that didn't fit my personality type because actually it triggered my anxiety being that strict with myself because I kind of felt like I was naughty if I didn't manage it you know what I mean yeah so I think it's learning to be kind to yourselves within these strategies and and see it as something which you can take what works for you and understand what works for you and it's all about developing your own personal toolkit, which you know hey do you when I'm feeling this way, I know that this particular thing helps me. And it's not going to completely cure it or solve it necessarily, but it genuinely makes you just focus on the positive or feel a bit better you know, and actually yeah. have
0: time to do it's, that. It's that I yeah. just had a really awful winter with bereavement and anxiety and mm. depression and money issues. And I mm. wanted, you know, for it all to come at once was a lot for me. And Serena yes. knows we've talked about this. Mm. And the book that I'm currently writing is exactly that. Is I wanted to explain to people exactly what I'd gone through and how compounded it all was. And then tell them the tools that I use to keep my head above mm. water, because I feel you know it's not a self-help manual it's not a do this and it will work it's saying try this stuff this is what worked for me a bit of yes, this a bit yeah. of that it's like a pick and mix do you know what I mean Absolutely. And I, I think the pick a lot mix people, concept is beautiful because you don't always have time for all of it it's right. like anything and if I feel have... like it's the same approach that I had to motherhood you know I read yeah. lots of things mm-hmm. when my babies were small not because I thought there'd be answers but because I thought there'd be things I could try yeah yeah you and know and that's I why do we do people that's it. you try stuff don't you yeah
1: that's absolutely. why we do the love thy body project books as well because it helps people when they get to read somebody else's small story yeah. and then they take inspiration from that i'll give you one tip for self-care and that habit the habit stuff that you're doing because i'm um, a self-love um, and body confidence coach so i do lots and lots of work on self-love and self-care when you're practicing your habits when you're doing your habits the things that you want to do those Self care moments, implement them into something that you already do, like rigidly, okay. like brushing your teeth, showering, having your breakfast. Because when you put them into that, your habit stacking. And when you have it stack, like you will automatically brush your teeth and straight afterwards you would pick up, you'd gurgle and you'd go and have your breakfast or oh, not your breakfast because you, I, I would have my breakfast before I brush my teeth, but you know what I mean? Like you go, you'd go and do something else straight away, automatically your brain's just doing it. So if you, if you want to, um, if you want to, I don't know, read sit down make sure your book's there with your kettle put your kettle on have your cup of tea sit down open the book because
2: that that. is a
1: habit stack and it will automatically just happen you won't even notice yourself doing it
2: yeah Yeah.
1: and it's only when you stop doing it that then you notice it another
2: one which um is very similar to that which one of the um yoga teachers i follow um did is she was talking about okay i've noticed i've got a negative habit So it's how to replace that. And she was talking about the use of your mobile phone. And obviously over lockdown, we've become even more reliant on them because there are connections to the outside world when we can't physically see people. And she said she got into that bad habit of, you know, pick it up as soon as, you know, you wake up in the morning and go straight on Instagram. And she said, right, I'm going to tackle this. The the way she was going to tackle it, so I need to cough. (coughs) I'm sorry um was um that she basically decided the night before three uplifting songs she was going to listen to oh I
0: like that I love
2: this when she and I haven't done it I just heard it on a podcast and I was like yes that I need to do that but I haven't got around to it yet but still this case in point um it's like three uplifting songs to listen to to start her day So that would be like, so yes, she would pick up, the habit would be, I'm picking up my phone. But rather than going straight into Instagram, she goes straight into that playlist and listens to that. And then that starts her day on a positive
0: note. And I was like, that's beautiful and practical as well. It's more realistic, isn't it? Like you say, it's almost a stepping stone. It's like... um i i was listening to oh gosh i can't think what she was but it's on a podcast and talking about some people it's too much of a jump to stop being negative about their body to going positive so instead of going negative to positive they were going from negative to neutral you know just observing i have a body i know it sounds a bit weird but it's too much for some people to go from i hate my fat legs to i love my legs so it was just transitioning breaking i think it's like um, it's
2: something which, you know, was a really positive thing for my upbringing, actually, is that, you know, whilst we weren't really talking about, you know, shapes or sizes of things, it was almost like we were taught that our bodies were temples and it was to appreciate you have working limbs or you have like this yeah. works. And, and like, even when you do have physical disabilities, it's understanding, OK, so this one thing doesn't work, but look at all the things that do work. It's all that positive yeah. mindset piece.
0: Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's absolutely. true. That's, I, I try and do it with my mindset and my thought process as well. So yeah. I, and I'm quite good at this now. I'm somebody who's always talked negatively inside, internally to myself. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now I'm very quick. If I do it, to hear myself doing it, note myself doing it and stop myself doing it. Um, yeah. and it, it has been a stepping stone process. It yeah. literally is that quick for me now. I'll go, no, stop, replace. Yeah, and um, uh, the
2: one thing
0: which I've seen on that whole piece, which uh,
2: have you heard of, like, the whole inner child work stuff?
0: Um, (laughs) Yeah, we did inner goddess two weeks ago, so we'll be
2: talking about this. Yes. I just (laughs) like that concept of picking up a childhood photo and going, would you say that to that person? Because, like, of course you wouldn't, especially as a mother, of course you wouldn't. You would never do that. So. It's just like actually learning to be kind to yourself first. Um, I think that's really powerful. Yeah, I
1: agree. Definitely. Absolutely agree. So I'm just curious. Um, I know earlier on when, when Joe asked you, you said that you hadn't really received any resistance or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I presume you've had no trolling or anything like that on social media because we did one about trolling a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. And yeah, um, so I think
0: isn't
1: it? Yeah, when you put yourself out there on social media, you've kind of given permission for people just to say what they want about you aren't you you're you're kind of just putting yourself in that position so um I'm assuming that you haven't but have you experienced any trolling um, I've kind of had like one kind of thing before
2: but honestly my policy is no tolerance (laughs) I just don't have any tolerance I thought
0: yeah
2: yeah if any account is being rude or saying something controversial to me or uh, or like making negative comments on your post. I mean, I I was brought up with the mindset if you haven't got something nice to say, then don't yeah. say it. You know, yeah. and um, I I'm all for having a debate with someone about how to do things in a better way or you know how to expand on what I'm talking about. But yeah. for someone to actually have a go at you. You know, I just think I don't have time for that. You know, I've got yeah. enough going on. I just block them straight away. And that's why yeah. I honestly would teach any child of mine to do is I don't. I think this is an important piece of well. And Maybe this is naive and a mother of very, very young children at the moment. But um, I'd like to think that I would encourage my kids to use social media, but use it in the right way and understand that it's always OK to block people.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely um, my son my i've got obviously got five but um my, my husband's italian and i'm yeah. obviously british um so yesterday when we had the the final was um this is said so it was there was there was a little <laughs> bit about well what are we gonna do like we, we we went with Italy because there's a majority yeah. of Italians over right, the British right here I was gonna ask um, about this. <laughs> but my, my eight-year-old son uh, Theo he's always very diplomatic when it comes to things I bring my children up to be very kind and and, and so if I say to him oh, who do you love the most like you know he'll always go dah, 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 and I'll point to everybody he won't pick one person because he loves everybody the same um, And yesterday um one of my husband's friends is Italian and he had England flags on his cheeks so we were yeah. like that's the wrong flag that's the wrong flag for yeah. you you're Italian and, you've got and he was like no I was a in England so we jokingly um painted on the Italian flags onto the kids yeah. and to, to my husband to send him a photo back um and Theo was like I need England on here <laughs> I need Italy on what here. He and yeah. it's like, why? He's like, because I'm English and I'm Italian so and I can't pick, yeah. I've got to love them both. And I just oh, think that's just so sweet yeah. that, you know, he wasn't going to he wasn't gonna pick a side because actually he loves both of the parts of him and he loves all yeah. of his family. And yeah, I think you're right. If we can as be role models for mm. the next mm-hmm. generation to show up on mm-hmm. social media mm-hmm. and yeah. Joe mm-hmm. and I, um we're old. We're, we're, I mean, we're not that old, to be fair, but I mean, we are pre, um you know, it didn't exist when we were teenagers. Yeah, if it yeah, did, yeah, we yeah. would be, we would be like well, experts it, at it by yeah, now. Wife, you know, <laughs> I, I, I lived my whole
2: uni experience without Facebook, you know, literally, we, we were doing return <laughs> oh. <10 laughs> bill charges on phone calls and it was yeah. going on my parents'
0: phone bill, God bless them. But, you know, it's just, it's Can interesting you imagine? how to it's all developed. About Jill, you come from a media background like me. Mm-hmm. Um, you are somebody you seem to come across like someone who finds it easy to talk. Um, you don't yeah. seem like a, a shy and retiring wallflower, I would say. Um I feel that I enjoy having a platform. I, mm-hmm. I enjoy yeah. that, that that um it's all like you said about being a children's TV presenter. I think that might have yeah. suited to me. You know, that I like to be there in front of people. And yeah. I'm just wondering if you had any it obviously evolved gradually which probably helped but did you have any reticence about putting yourself your personal self out there I know a lot of what you do isn't totally personal I don't know I think I'm one of those people who actually finds it easier
2: to talk about um it's actually another Rachel Hollising just to quote her on this is um because she does events and talking and what she says is the 100% the one way to get on top of your nerves when you're talking in public setting is to know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it sounds so simple, um, but if someone, like, if I was in the work environment and someone got me to do a work presentation, I would fall to pieces because um, I don't really know. And then I get all caught up in, like, oh, I don't know how to represent their brand. Do you know what I mean? Because they've got especially within a big like office setting and stuff and there's a brand team and there's like everyone's got like corporate guidelines and everything like that but for whatever reason that kind of threw me versus talking about stuff which I genuinely feel passionate about and clients who I feel passionate about and passionate about their businesses and I have exposure to um, you know what they're doing individually and I don't feel nervous about that so it is interesting the psychological side of that piece and um, I don't know how much of it is linked to control <laughs> as well I mean how I've described it in the past is that if I was put on this stage and told you talk about this and I'd be nervous yeah. whereas I was always the the student in a university lecture of 200 people if i didn't understand what they were talking about on stage i'd put my hand up comfortably and say i'm sorry can you explain that in another way sure. and that wouldn't make me feel nervous but and then i'd get feedback from others saying oh thank you so much for asking that i was thinking the same but sure. i felt too nervous to do it so it makes sense yeah in different ways i think because like saying my older sister for example she's an academic and we always said the difference between us is she'd comfortably walk into a lecture hall and and do a presentation but wouldn't feel so comfortable walking into a bar and introducing herself whereas i'm wow. the other way around i know what
0: you so mean I'd, yeah
2: i would be the other way around as well. yeah, if you if i walked into a bar i'd quite happily talk to strangers in that setting
0: but um, we spoke to each other didn't we uh, party yeah, joe we didn't know each other i know i i think a lot of what you, we're all saying here is it it's about being confident to be you and be authentically yeah. you. It, it seems yeah. if you fill it down, that's where it comes to. And, and yeah. for me, I feel like I am intrinsically part of my brand because I live what I do. Mm. And I think mm-hmm. well, that's what you're saying. It. I think each of us do do that.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. I could talk yeah. about I can talk about underwear and and, and sex and and self love and self care all day long. Um, till the cows come home, as, as they up.
2: say. Found what lights you up? This is the thing, yes, it's all about yes. energy. It's about, you know, that I do believe that people have something which they want to give to the universe. And I think sometimes it takes, you know, I'm in my late 30s now. And its I kind of feel like it's taken me to this point to just be like, oh, right, yeah, this is what I want to talk about.
0: Right, you know? right. And I've had conversations where I said, oh, I wish it happened before. And then I'm reminded I needed to get to this point. I needed everything that went before to take yes. me to where I am now. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Definitely, Jill, it's been so, so lovely. Um, Tell our viewers slash listeners where they can reach you. Okay, so um, my blog,
2: my website is jamjarjill.com and you can find me on any platform under jamjarjill, at jamjarjill, that's me. Um, I do now also have my virtual assistant business as well if you need any support with that side of things. um, It is a tab on my website. There is also a separate Instagram profile. Um, But you can find all all the links in my bio on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time. So
0: thank you. And for everyone listening and not watching, it's Jill with a G, not Jill with a J. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, It's been lovely. Really, really lovely, hasn't it, Serena? Really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Very welcome. So until next time, ladies, we'd love you to go and do what you can for the world around you and go and get more. Bye. Bye. Bye.